Welcome to the Ping Pong Pizza Party Podcast. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm here with my brother friend, Chris Waka. What's up? What's up, dude? What's up, man? Such Happy a- birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a great one so far. Dude, 36. 36. Welcome to level 3.6. Yeah, I'm a level 36 human. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Need to get some cheat codes. <laughs> Dude, so Richie just built me. I mean, it's been kind of like in the works for a while, but he finished right on time with a masterpiece of a BMX bike, and I can't wait to go ride it. It's weird because you're talking about me to me. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm talking to everybody else that's going to listen to. <laughs> So strange. Oh, uh, dude, that bike is sick. It is. It's so sparkly and beautiful and everything I ever hoped for. Thanks again. Dude, I mentioned uh I mentioned on the on Brent's episode of the podcast, uh the last one, episode four, about um what did I say? Uh we were talking about taking trips and I mentioned our bros trip that we took. Mm-hmm. And um I guess the the BMX bike was a product of that trip, this BMX bike oh, that you just built up? Or yeah, that, for like, sure. Whatever it, built up for you. It was definitely like that final push, you know, because I was just thinking, uh, do I want to spend the money on it? Am I really going to ride it? And fuck yeah, I'm going to ride it because I just <laughs> spent a shit ton of money on it. I know, dude. And, oh man, so worth it though because it's, you know, that's where it all started. Yeah, let's talk about where it all started. Yes. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Man, I remember being in high school and having this like bullshit class, uh, book room. Uh, I would ditch all the time. And you would pass by sometimes. You're in the, who else was it? Steve, maybe? Anyway, some of the old homies, BMX homies back in high school. And I knew you rode BMX, but we weren't like pals or anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, no hate, but I just, yeah, we weren't pals. And then your cousin was like looking for, to buy a frame yep. and you just stopped in the middle and you're, Hey man, uh, I heard you you're selling your, uh, yeah. whatever SNM, what is it? Dirt bike classic. Yeah. It was so ragged out. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> he, he ragged it out even further. Oh my, he ended up breaking it, right? He, I don't know what he did to it. He, he ended up like grinding or not grinding, welding or having some, bracket welded onto that chain stage patch a big old hole <laughs> i was running this like motorcycle chain uh too close to the inside of the the seat stay and it just rubbed the freaking or there maybe the chain stay but it rubbed the literally rubbed the hole right through the frame oh yeah i mean I, i'm a feather so i didn't do anything but he jumped on it and i imagine just folded that thing into pieces yeah <laughs> jesse beast mode jam roasty yeah man that was dope that was day one and then i don't, I don't know the rest is a blur like we started riding together and, and a bunch just, of yeah. road trips and oh, the homies and BMX and that that was it. Yeah, BMX was everything for us back then. I mean, <sighs> there was nothing else that came ahead of it. And uh, after high school, we started working at the bike shop together. The BMX road trips kept going. And, uh, and then more and more of a blur after that because of all the other shenanigans we got ourselves <laughs> Oh, too much fun, man. Well, this, uh, I'm still like, I'm still buzzing off of this trip that we took, honestly. Yeah. It was like this residual, it's like we did like this 
well, we didn't do mushrooms, but for those of you who have done, have done mushrooms, um, well, in my experience anyway, I have this like long period afterwards, sometimes like really long period afterwards where I feel... Clarity. Clarity, yeah. Yeah. And that's like what this trip did. It's like cleared a lot of, just cleared a lot of things up. It's like, oh yeah, BMX is at the core of our lives still. Yeah. And we all agreed, right? It's 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 good therapy. Um, you know, when you're on a BMX bike, you hop on or any bike really, and you're in that moment, and you're just pumping through a trail or looking for a line to find through a skate park, or whether it's the desert on your mountain bike or the city on your road bike, and you're just in the moment. You're locked in. You're not thinking about any other bullshit, and you just get that flow. And once you hit that flow state, it just resets your mind. And we did that for what four solid days, and it was good to recharge. Because yeah. goddamn, twenty twenty. Oh Fuck man, I know. Seriously, man. Fuck twenty twenty. It was cool. We we'd been trying to do this trip for a while now. There's talk about it. So there's like, for those of you out there, we're um, and I highly recommend doing this. If I hope people have good friends like we do. Um, we have a solid crew, and we talk. Every day, like yeah. I, I, it's my for me. It's like every night, uh, you know, I'm kind of winding down, and I'll check the chat and just kind of see what everyone said during the day or whatever. Yeah, and it's cool. It's like a just an ongoing conversation relationship that we all keep, and we're all like, "Let's fucking." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my wife Lily, she's a shit. And yeah, man, happy birthday. Fuck, I can't believe it. I know, still, like, I know. It's, so it's cool. still today, still today. Man, and then so, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> We're talking about um, bikes. The, the trip. <laughs> the trip. And the, and the friends, and the, yeah, so the group chat. And then, and we just like, 2020 sucked, and obviously for everybody. And they were like, man, we just need to make this shit happen. We got Airbnb in Austin. Plane tickets were bought. Everyone was just like drop what they were doing and made it. Happen. I couldn't believe it, dude. When when Ed sent the the, the confirmation, yeah, the reservation. He just got some shitty hotel. He's like, "Well, I'm going." Like, I'm I don't going know somewhere. You yeah, are fucking gonna yeah. Stay. You sleeping on the floor or what? <laughs> like hell yeah, <laughs> let's do this. Well, we got well, we upgraded to an Airbnb once everybody got locked in. Yep, flew in. It was so fun. And Chris, here you were the only one without a BMX bike because you haven't had one for a while. No, I haven't for maybe like ten years, unfortunately. You're but like a samurai who like sold the samurai sword. <laughs> I'm like that asshole in Kill Bill. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lived in the trailer dude. park. That guy. Fucking Michael Madsen, or but not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. I got that damn sword back. <laughs> got it from the pine better shop. than ever. Yeah, dude. You got a Hattori Hanzo. Yeah, <laughs> to build you another one. Built by the master, by the way. Uh, Thanks. Again. I mean, I'm not trying to call myself a master, but you know, I guess I just I mean, did so. Whatever. Own it, own it. You got to go with it. <laughs> I ain't saying different. <laughs> you guys got to see. I mean, for all the BMX nuts out there, uh, I'll post some photos on the oh. ping pong pizza party Instagram at ping pong pizza party. Um, man, and then. Yeah, I'll post photos of well, it. Well, I won't post sure. my photos. I'm gonna I mean, post your photos. I'm gonna cause... take so many photos of this thing, people are gonna hate it. I'm gonna lose so many followers. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, dude. That's I can't Thanks, wait to him. go ride and just fuck around and Yeah, be hopefully kids again. you know, you know, a lot of stretching beforehand <laughs> nowadays. And Can't, afterwards. And afterwards and all the time. Tylenol. We might have to buy some stock and ibuprofen. 
You know how like you BMX, you like or skating too. You know, you look at a a ledge or you look at a something like a rail or a bench or a, something to ride. Like now, I look at like oh man, that rock or whatever at a playground. I'm like that's perfect to kick my leg up and like stretch my hamstring. <laughs> You no bullshit. You switched mindsets from checking out possible I, spots to I, ride to possible spots to warm up uh, and cool down. Stretch slash all all day, dude. Oh man, <laughs> constant stretching. Like I'm just sitting there and like I'm not doing anything. Like waiting in line for groceries. Like start reaching up to the sky. Like oh, hear the pops and stuff. Like I don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. <laughs> kind of like prep for life. Right. Oh man, it just keeps going. It keeps getting better though. Damn, that was a fun trip. That was and a then fun now trip. you have this sick ass bike, and we're adults, so now you can like afford all the, all like the fantasy parts that you or yep. the parts you would fantasize about. Pretty much, you know, like <laughs> in being magazines. in high school, sitting in algebra and <laughs> scrolling through a BMX catalog and circling everything that I could possibly want and never afford, and that's what I did. Oh, <laughs> I went man. through and I just picked with your guys' help because I've been so out of the loop. But I picked all the classics, you know. It's and, the uh, sickest bike. It's yeah, it's it's a beautiful bike. I'm actually yeah, quite quite excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's beautiful. But you, you'll all see it soon. Yeah, I'm excited to ride and to chill and, and and on top of that, you got that um so Odyssey for all the BMX dudes out there, Odyssey uh BMX company, they make uh, something called the Traveler Bag. Mm-hmm. And Chris and I got matching bags. Yeah. Well, mine's hey, black. Bestie. His is yeah. blue. I got a blue one. Our homeboy Nick has a has a blue one too. There. So basically, this bag you can throw a BMX bike in there, like taking it apart. And it's time for the party. It's time for the party. Oh man, we're gonna have to cut this short in a little bit. Do like a, a intermezzo, like a little intermission or something. Yeah. But um. Anyway, I'll wrap this up. But these bags are the shit, and you could throw your bike in there and safely and doesn't get all scratched up well if you pack it like my dumbass the first time it'll get scratched but I learned and then and then you don't get charged for bike shipping or any of that crap yeah for airline fee it's so sick yeah worth every penny it's dope used one when we went to Austin now the whole crew has has their own ready for the next trip yeah so now we all have our samurai swords and then the sheaths I know, I know they're all listening, or they're going to listen to this episode. And my fuckers, we're not going to do it annually. We're going to do it biannually. What's the word for tree? Triannual. Triannual. Is that it? I wish. Can man. we do it quarterly? I was serious. Like that's coming out Paso. Why not? Yeah, it's their turn. Man, I mean Austin. Austin's great. El Paso's great. Denver's great. We all live in the six spots. Yeah. It's, I mean, can't go wrong with any of those three Got cities. Got homie Lalo and Austin. Man, that trip was so fun. Thanks to Lalo, too. Yeah, for, thank you for driving us around and getting us all the good eating. Heck yes. Thanks to Ed for sleeping on the couch. Ed, <laughs> looking always a solid mofo. And Nick with his full-on shenanigans. Oh, my God. That motherfucker. He needs, his, he needs a soundboard on his own. He needs to be a character on this show with just soundboard effects. That fucker needs a fanny pack with a turkey sandwich in there at all times. <laughs> is what he needs. Because <laughs> he'll get angry. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to start carrying Snickers. I know. He got so mad. <laughs> he did. Dude, they, get, they went out to the bar. You guys went out to the bars. And I was like dad mode. I went to sleep a little early, as I was telling Brent. 
And uh, anyway, <laughs> I got up and had myself some breakfast tacos and a little adventure. You guys finally got up. And then good old Nick and Ed and everyone, we were like, all right, let's go ride. Went road. They didn't eat anything. <laughs> we rode our asses off. It was 4.20 in the afternoon. I'll never forget because well, it was 4.20. And we're like in traffic on I-35. <laughs> Talking about all the delicious things we could possibly eat. Should we get some pho? Should we get some tacos? Would you guys shut the fuck up already? <laughs> we just keep going you, talking Nick. about all the delicious food. I was crying, <laughs> laughing, dude. I was tears rolling down my face. Oh, I haven't. I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard. I couldn't. I could barely breathe. Oh, it was so so good. And then <laughs> Nick finally started chuckling about it too. He yeah. just like broke down. I was like, "This is this is ridiculous." <laughs> he, poor guy was still really fucking hungry, but yeah. Then we finally just realized that whatever we're it, gonna get food in a bit. So we'll be all right. <laughs> just bullshit like that, man. It was such a good trip. It is. Oh man, yeah. Let's do it again soon. <sighs> Where? I don't know, man. We'll talk about that on the chat. I guess we'll brainstorm and. I guess but, depending on when we go, you know, because wintertime up north isn't as fun as it is down south. You know, talking to more people on this podcast and realizing like all this cool shit that's happening in El Paso, like El Paso's pretty cool now. Yeah, El Paso's a hidden and, gem. It's always been a hidden gem. Uh, yeah, dude, totally. Totally. Imagine how it's going to be in a decade. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, looking at how Austin has changed in the past tech. 10 years, I mean, it's kind of scary thinking about what could possibly happen here in El Paso. Hopefully it doesn't lose its soul because it, you know, it seems like Austin kind of sold out a little. It's definitely different. Yeah. And I, I think it's still, I think it's still Austin. It's just the tech, uh, fucking. All the assholes from California. Yeah, basically. I don't know. It seemed like this last year, like everything just changed drastically Mm -hmm. because I had been there not too long ago, I'm passing through and I stopped to see Lalo um, at least three-ish years ago when we moved from Florida to El Paso. I stopped for a couple of days mm-hmm. at the U-Haul, and, uh, which is when I first built up the barcode, by the way. And that thing, we rode 9th Street, dirt jumps, downtown. Oh, man. And it, it wasn't, I mean, it was different, but it wasn't like this last time we went. This last time was like very noticeable. It was kind of strange. But it was so, still so fun. Denver would be dope. Denver would be really dope, especially right now. Oh, man. Yeah. This hundred and something, whatever degree weather is ridiculous. Oh, man. I'm glad we're not (laughs) humid. Yeah, it's easy to deal with. I've been, uh, we've been doing these poop rides in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I heard all about them poop rides. And then poop rides. Heck yeah, dude. Radish digs them. She gets pissed if we don't take her on a poop ride or she poops herself. Mm -hmm. No, she doesn't. But, um, it's hot in the morning. We have to like go yeah. either first thing in the morning. If not, which sometimes happens, we wait a little while and then it's just fucking hot. Yeah. Same thing with my pups. I got to take them out right at sunrise, play for a couple of hours because then they drive me crazy during the day because they're going stir crazy inside. They want to go outside and then we go out back and then they're like, uh, never mind. Let's go back inside. It's stupid <laughs> hot out here. <laughs> the kids though, they're like, they don't, they don't, not, not that I want to, <clears throat> excuse me, not that I want to, Bell, mm-hmm. I just kind of, I guess I have this look on my face or something like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, come on. Like, all right, let's go. 
you know, get out there and they're like sweating bullets and their pe- little Zimian is like 50 millimeter crank arms or whatever they are. <laughs> and he's like cranking balls, sweating. And he, for whatever reason, this kid loves to wear long sleeve and long pant, like pajamas. He'll just be like, no, this is what I'm wearing. And he's super dead set on what he's wearing. You're going to burn up. You crazy? Uh, like, all right, dude. Fashion over function. And the dude just stretched. I saw what he was wearing on uh, <laughs> on Instagram yesterday at the uh, Critical Mass. That was their first Critical Mass riding their bikes on their own, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Critical Mass was last night, and it was so fun. He had the coolest pants, too. That, those are from Peru. Yeah, these Peruvian, like, full-on, colorful, beautiful pants. Yeah, shout out to, shout out to Weasel, Grandma Weasel. Um, she uh, she went to Peru to visit some some of Lily's families lives out in Peru, mm-hmm. and uh, which is actually Lily. I forget like earlier in life before she met me, and um, she went there and lived there for like six months. Learned how to make pisco sours. Hell yeah, and learned how to speak Spanish. Yeah. Anyway, that's where those pants came from, and this dude loves them, loves them. He wears them everywhere, no matter what. They are pretty rad. They are sick. That's funny. Yeah, they killed it. We showed up to Critical Mass totally, like, on a whim. Um, Theron was like, yo, dude, we're going to hang out. And he's like, let's go to Critical Mass. And I was kind of thinking about it. Like, we had a big day. We're sitting there. We do these, like, movie nights on Friday. So we're, like, watching this movie. It was cool. What were you watching? Uh, the Wish Wish Dragon, I oh. believe. Um, it's basically like a... Um, Jackie Chan produced it, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the credits. So I was like, what the? But it's, cool. a, it's like an Aladdin story. Hmm. Yeah, like the genie is the dragon. It's basically Aladdin. Okay. It was fun. And super last minute, so I was like, what do you guys think about Critical Mass? Like, but like right now. Because <laughs> it was like 15 minutes. They're butt naked. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, always. And, and the, they're like, yeah. We just, boom, boom, boom. We're all on ass there. I'm like calling James. I'm like, hey, like our buddy, you know, James Garcia. He's got, um, he got a Cosmic Stallion, by the way. All yeah, city Co- yeah it's so sick. Gravel bike. So he's all jazzed on riding right now. And he was like, I'm on my way. Like, I'll meet you there, whatever. So we just made it happen. We're hustling, dude. These kids were, got there, we're sweating balls. We got to San Jacinto. She take, she started taking shit off and she's going to go in the splash pad. We're like, no, 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 no. Put the shoes back <laughs> she's on. She's like, I got priorities. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And and then the groups leave and we're like, put your shit back on, come on, let's go. And uh, they just went over to like the plaza, so that was cool. We got there, and then they're like, the I guess there's like there's like organizers now, like it's all an organized thing. Back when we were doing it like ten years ago or whatever, it wasn't. It's was just word of mouth, which yeah. is cool. They've got like designated people to like stop traffic and stuff. That's um, cool. Yeah. So I guess I should say for those of you who don't know, critical mass is the last Friday. Friday. Traditionally, last Friday of every month. 6.30 was when they met, and then 7 p.m. was when they took off the ride, and they were actually on time, Yeah, and uh, which is weird for El Paso. But yeah, they meet up at San Jacinto <laughs> Plaza every last Friday of the month, bring any type of bike, and just super chill cruise. I mean, our kids rode it, and Zimmy's on a 12-inch, tiny-ass micro-machine bike, and he was at the front of the pack. Yeah, but your kids are not normal. Well, I mean, I mean, what's not, normal? not in a bad way, but what I mean is like they're just they got two parents that have bikes in their blood, 
So, yeah, may not have spin legs. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. They're little, they are little beasts. I, I, yeah, anyway, keep, pe- keeping up in life with them. That's the challenge. And that's oh, the, yeah. yeah, that's fun. So we showed up and somebody was like, go to the front. The kids are going to go to the front. And so the organizers were like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And they got on the megaphone and were like, all right, everyone, these kids right here, they're going to be at the front of the group. Nobody pass them. <laughs> <laughs> they did a little loop in downtown and then went on a longer loop. Uh-huh. So like that we doubled back. We went on a little loop and doubled back to, to San Jacinto or near it. That's where we built. We just did the little one. And uh, they were so so stoked Zimmy had the look of like like I don't even know determination in his eyes man and he was like leaning forward in this aggressive position like Uh little legs going all fast he's like nobody's passing me Adi others had on this like sequin like freaking dress like looking like a princess and she is out there shredding oh so good man ah good times we need to go ride crit mass next year or next year next month for sure. I do it on the 20 inch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was actually thinking about that. I took a, a another bike, but I was like, man, this would be fun on the 20. I have a flat. That's why I didn't take the 20. Yeah. Oh, stupid man. flat. Bikes, 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 bikes. Bikes. Can never do enough bikes. So, so what? You want to call it there and then we'll do a, a little break. You go do your kid party and then we'll pick up later. Yeah. We're going to do a uh, part two to be continued. Go or, splash around. Yeah, go splash around, cool off a little bit. I'm going to go uh, play some golf, uh, top golf, and have some dinner, and then come back, and we'll talk some more about it. You should just edit all this out. <laughs> I know you won't. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Straight through. Sorry, Mom, for all the cursing. Uh, it was cool. It was like 90% me talking anyway about bullshit, so. Yeah, well, I mean, it is usually just 90% talking in a podcast. <laughs> the rest is just... okay all right peace for now we are back back after the uh little break yeah man the kids are knocked out (laughs) yeah swimming all day 105 degree weather 8 19 p.m two kids in bed asleep that's a record for me. Mm-hmm. That's what three different swimming pools in one day would do. <laughs> yeah, that's what it comes down to. You just got to keep them busy. Got to knock them out. They got so much energy. Man, tell me about it, dude. I remember having that much energy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I don't. I wish I did. I could use like a quarter of that energy now. I'd be so productive. Oh my gosh, dude. Or maybe not. <laughs> I figure out a way to waste it. <laughs> oh, speaking of being productive, I know we were talking about your bike earlier and stuff, but yeah. your photos, what are you up to, man? You're all over the fucking place. Yeah, I'm all over, and that's the problem. You know, like, you got to zero it in on something. Um, you know, just really just um, learning, learning my craft, really. You know, it takes a while to, to refine that been into photography for quite a while you were there at the beginning yeah you know, 2008 when i been fun to watch went and bought my first canon point and shoot camera that had a manual setting function and learned composition ever since you know whether it was with that or a disposable camera or a cheap phone because you know it took forever for me to save up to actually buy a 
uh, a professional setup. When did you, did, was there like a moment where you're like, oh, I'm, this is what I want to do? And do you remember mm, with photography? I mean, I don't know if I can zero it into one particular moment, but 2008 when we spent that whole year rock climbing out at Waco and just all the beautiful situations that we found ourselves in. That was outside. an awesome year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just you're outside enjoying nature and just in, you know, lost in the bliss of it. And you see something beautiful and you want to share it with people that you love and care about. And that's where I decided photography would probably be a good way to do that. So it was more of like a, a time, like if you had to narrow it down, it's like that year, that that time. I mean, I know what you're talking about because we were there together. Yeah. But that was... um. So 2008. Yeah, 2008, it was great. Yeah. yeah the whole yeah. The economy took a shit. Everybody uh, was panicking. I, you know, had hours cut at work. I basically just was unemployed at that moment and focused on going to school and rock climbing, hanging out, riding bikes, and then... Having fun. Having fun and, and getting a camera and then learning that craft, you know? I, I remember getting um, hours cut back at the bike shop because I was working at the bike shop then. And then I just told told Mike, I was like, you know what, man, I, I'm just gonna focus on school. I'll uh, call me when things get better, you know. And uh, never got that call, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, luckily other other job came through, and this job was a retail job at a battery store that was so there was so much downtime. And I remember just logging on the internet and just cruising through it and learning how to understand photography, at least the mechanics of working the camera, you know, learning exposure. And then once I learned that craft of it, took it out and put it into practice and just been shooting photos ever since, whether it's on a camera, on a phone, or whatever I can get my hands on to capture the image. Yeah, dude. One thing that's always, um, that I've always admired about you is your hunger for knowledge Mm -hmm. and not only that, but you're like, you're really good at learning stuff. Like you've got this, um, you just, you've got your own system and you know what works for you and you learn shit real quick and you learn it really well. I mean, like, especially with photography, right. I, I just obsessed over it mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn everything about it because I was tired of wasting time trying to figure out the settings. And I'd rather just, you know, cause you can miss a shot if you don't know how to work, use your tool. Then something happens, you're like, ah, oh, I didn't take that photo. And then, damn it, what are, what, I need to switch my shutter speed or whatever to catch it. And and then you could, you know, to miss it or, or, or get it in that one, you know, split second of a moment. Yeah. And that's what's fun about it, too. Um, you know, you're, you're essentially freezing time in your photo. And it's never going to, that moment will never repeat other than what you can present in the photo that you capture. That's Which is pretty cool. It is very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously a fucking fanboy of your art. Always oh, have you. been. I think, you're, I think you're a little biased, but... Totally biased. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> 100% biased, but also you're good, man. Thank you. And, uh, you know, the, the photos that you've been taking uh, lately with your new job, because you travel a lot, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to talk about like what you do or not, but you do travel a lot and you know, all these photos are sick. Yeah, I mean... We don't have to go into the specifics of what I do for a day job, but the day job is not in a creative field. It's a uh, 
very blue collar, but it does come with a lot of perks. So I get to travel the country, see places that I would never otherwise go to. And the cool thing about it is during that job, I'm not exhausting my creative muscle. You know, I get done with that job and yeah, my body's tired. I'm fatigued from that work, but I can explore the area that I'm in, whether it's a new city or a new area of the country that I've never been to. And I have complete creative freedom. I'm not working for a client or a deadline. I can just go shoot photos as I see them and as I please, which is really cool because it's helped me grow, I guess, as a photographer. Um, But yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. If you're a creative person out there and you're struggling being a starving artist, there's no... There's no like, it's not a bad thing to go get a job to pay the bills so that you can free up your creative juices. You know, sometimes yeah. you got to do what you got to do to pay the dues so that you can eventually maybe, like, I mean, my goal is to eventually become a photographer full time and have that fund my life. But, you know, coming out of a pandemic or basically going into the pandemic the way I did, I guess we could back up and tell that story. Well, you did. You, you, yeah, yeah, dude. Like what? Because pre-pandemic, going into the pandemic, you you fucking just dropped everything and you went full blown photographer, which is awesome. Yeah, I went full full blown freelance. So I guess we backpedal a couple of years. I was working at a print shop doing graphic design and pre press for them, and it was a good job. It was fun. It was a great team to work with. Still, I left on good terms with them. And uh, my personal life was changing at the time. So I just kind of thought that, well, this is the good time to just change everything. You know, good old hard reboot, turn off and turn it on again and see what happens. <laughs> Maybe it'll start running smoother. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, so I left the day job and I was like, all right, fuck it. Full time freelance. Let's do this. Fuck it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I was like, man, I should have probably saved some money <laughs> before doing this. <laughs> have some ducks lined up, but there was no ducks. <laughs> so I just looked, well, fuck it. Let's just go and see if we can catch some ducks. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I go and start doing the freelance thing and it, it works okay. You know, my cost of living at the time was very low. So I was able to squeeze by with the little that I was getting. And then next thing you know, pandemic hits hits the world and everything just slows down and comes to a halt and I'm like holy fuck what am I gonna do I got shit to pay for you know I mean and then just you know good old Frank hits me up good old shout out to Frank but uh he hits me up with his job offer to go help him out and it worked out and I started traveling with them and doing job odd jobs here and there and then finally got hired on as a full-timer and I saw it as the opportunity to just, you know, take me around the country so I can see places I've never been to and giving new material to go shoot. So now every time I travel for work, I always have my camera in hand. And uh, literally, I'm like shooting photos all the time. I look like a psycho. <laughs> yeah, like up until just a few minutes ago, you had your camera in your lap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now it's right next to me on the stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. So. That's cool, dude. And that that's, I like what you said about like not exhausting your creative muscle because so often i mean i know with um like the bike shop that i was doing or other other things like other businesses that i've tried doing where i mix passion with with work with business um that's a slippery slope you know it's it's tough where you i mean uh, at least me i didn't want to lose the the passion for the art 
or for the love of the whatever it was, right? Let's say for the bike shop, for example, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, man. And so it's that's cool to have those things separate because then you don't risk that. And, for sure. And you're still paying the bills. Right. Yeah. And then it takes the, the stress of having to pay the bills right. off of your creative, you know. And you're essentially getting paid to travel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely have a sweet gig. Yeah. Um, you know, the work is hard and they definitely get their money's worth out of me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I am making whoosh. the most out of this situation for sure. Oh, totally, man. Uh, I've seen your photos. Um, ah, it's, it's, uh, your style is cool. It's like, um, I don't know how to describe it really, but like, I, it, it's a, it's a real eye and like a real life, like not, not like glitz and glamoury kind of like it, it, you have a way of capturing like the raw moment of something, the specialness of, of whatever it is of everyday life. Um, and I don't know if that's easy or hard to do because I'm not a photographer, but I would imagine that uh, that it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's thank you. First off, you know, thank you. I, I really try to find beauty in the mundane. A lot of times, um, I try to. I'm always looking for something worth photographing, or or not necessarily worth photographing, but I'm just paying attention of you know to what's going on around me or where I'm at and appreciating the beauty that exists because it's there. You just got to look. And yeah, it's it's difficult. It is very difficult. I mean, you should see all the bad photos I take. <laughs> like uh, well, tons. I'm I'm really lucky because you get you send me a lot of sh- uh, a lot of stuff and so I get like a behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. freaking besties, so you know, it's Yeah, I mean, it's But it's y- cool, man. A lot of uh, a lot of your photos are so sick. Like Philadelphia was dope. Um, like again, especially on this, on with your job, you taking all these trips. It's it's like those those photos from the. I don't know if I'm going to say too much because I know you want to like get a, no, our, no, our, our project out. Um, uh, the little series that you shared with me with like the um your your the different hotel rooms that you go into and like oh, what's yeah, outside yeah. the window and uh-huh. you can like see like what city or whatever like that one in New York was sick. Um, by the way, anyone out there, I should have mentioned this earlier maybe, but uh, at Wizerbs, that's W-I-Z-E-R-B-S. Um, that's Chris's yeah, that's handle. My, my Instagram handle. And, yeah, Instagram handle. And you could see all his awesome artwork and stuff there. Um, highly recommend giving him a follow if you don't already. But uh, anyway, I forget what I was going with that, no, but your, I mean, your photography thank, and shit. Thank you for the plug. Um, you know, that's... It, it's funny is it, it's so easy to to critique yourself you know we're always our own worst critic totally dude. we're always in our own way you know just like no it's not good enough all that self-doubt it hits everybody yeah and and that's the other aspect of traveling um that i've come to enjoy all the people that i come into contact with all the people i meet different walks of life different parts of the country some have live the places that I go visit their whole life. Um, others are traveling workers themselves. And I've come to realize that everybody's going through the same shit. Everybody's struggling, trying to figure out what to do, what to, uh, how to gain that fulfillment of their life or how to just pay their bills, really. And it, it's, it's really interesting to see. Uh, it also gives me some relief 
knowing that I'm not the only guy that just is completely lost with where they're going to go with their life. Isn't know? it nice, man? Like when you're going through shit and like you don't need the solution sometimes to just to hear like someone go, yeah, I know how that feels. Like me too. Yeah. You know, like I'm right there with you, man. Little hand on the shoulder or whatever. Right. That's and it. it. And you're like, ah. That's all we need really. Yeah. And And the whole idea of a solution or an end goal, it's like... It's, it feels like that's been just beat into our brains, you know, since going into like, you know, grade school all the way through public education. They just, they teach you how to take a test and pass so that you can be ranked among your class so that you can be essentially a number that gets you into a school so that you can learn how to stand in line at the corporation that you work for, you know? And it's like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I don't want that life. That's not, that's not what I want, you know? But, what it comes down to, I think, is fulfillment in life comes to us when we overcome each one of those struggles that we inevitably will hit as we continue to live our lives. As we get older, like, you know, you, you know, got married, you have a family now, and now you got the individual struggles of having kids and juggling your sanity personally and just living your life and doing the things that you love and also making sure that they get their full uh, needs attended to and are also enjoying their life and you're exposing them to all kinds of really awesome things like watching them in the BMX track and riding their bikes <laughs> that's like super cool so can't wait fun. to go ride with them yeah on your new bike on my new bike thank <laughs> you very much bike. Yeah. thank you so you paid for it Bucker. <laughs> I mean yeah but you built it I mean my pleasure <laughs> it is good yeah cool. it's crazy man we all have different different things yeah uh, the family thing's pretty nuts and awesome it is Oh man, yeah, we need to go to BMX track soon. We should. Let's go right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just go jump kids, the fence. Kids are asleep. They'll be all right. <laughs> They'll be all right. Radish, you got this, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right. She's like making a good footstool right now. <laughs> oh man, she's in heaven. Yeah, she's in heaven. She is a good pup. She missed her uncle Chris. Good old pups. Man, it's good to see you, dude. It is good to see you. Too, Happy man. birthday, fucker. Thank you. I mean, buddy. Yeah. Well, both. Fucker, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> make that a thing <laughs> oh so where to next man where to next like uh, yeah like uh well better question um what's in what the- what was your i'm gonna little uh go back to like all your photos and stuff any favorites that popped out for you cities that you've been to sessions craziness um you know i, I can't really pick a favorite there's been so many different moments um I got to experience New York for the first time right before Christmas and there was a snowstorm that came through and dropped like, I don't know, eight, ten inches of snow. And a desert rat like us, we're not used to that, you know, ten inches, that's like a decade's worth of snow for us. Up there, all in one night, and to to see that happening in New York, Times Square, you know, I just went out and walked around with Frank and exploring and we come across a, a snowball fight, you know, just impromptu snowball fight in really? Times Square, New York, you know, <gasps> right before the new year <laughs> and uh, right before Christmas, actually. And it was just, it was so cool to just be in that moment. I was like, damn, how the hell did I end up here? That's <laughs> you know? so cool, Some man. Punk kid riding BMX and getting into a bike shop and then fast forward 10, 15 years and now I'm traveling the world and, well, the U.S. and uh, seeing all these cool places. But uh, yeah, that was probably a highlighted moment for me. 
That's um, cool. But most of my favorite moments from photography are here at home. Yeah. In the, in the desert. You know, whether it's on a camping trip with, you know, homies or just on a hike with my dogs. You know, it's just seeing the beauty of home. Yeah. That's it's it's hard to beat. And the funny thing is El Paso has that. At least everybody that grew up here, they're like, Oh, I can't wait to leave. Can't wait to leave this town. Just go explore and live my life, you know, because always, you know, the grass is greener everywhere else. And these people leave and they either they make it and have their, you know, life keep going or they end up coming back to El Paso and they feel like this sense of failure for coming back. There's even that whole saying that El Paso sucks so bad, it'll suck you right back. Right? <laughs> but no, it ain't like that. You know, I don't think so. Everywhere I go, you know, I go to small towns, I go to big cities, and I talk to people that are transplants or natives, and everybody kind of feels that same need to leave their hometown. They want to stretch their legs and get that sense of freedom and, and adventure by taking on something new. But when I, you know, listen to all these experiences, I've come to realize that El Paso is a good place to call home. It's not perfect by any means, but no place is perfect. Absolutely not. And what it comes back down to is what you make of your situation. It's your attitude going into it that'll determine whether it's a positive or a negative impact on your life. You can go into something with a shitty attitude and then all of a sudden, you know, it could be everything lined up for you and you still find the worst things about it and complain about it. Or you go in with a positive mindset and you make the best of it and then all of a sudden you're giving back to that community and making it better. And that's usually what it comes down to, you know, thinking outside of yourself, you know, how can you give back? And that's where I'm, right now I'm trying to focus on, you know, because I feel like with my photography, yeah, pretty photos, but a lot of people can go take pretty photos. How can I use my photography to impact my community and make it better? And that's kind of where I'm at a loss rather than maybe just trying to magnify the beauty that exists here. Well, I think, um, if I may, by, I think you're doing that, dude. Um, by just experiencing home, because I know you get super stoked whenever you come back home. You oh, yeah. awesome, you know, you're out doing this and that, like these cool places and you're traveling and you come home, work your ass off super tired and uh, it's always good to see you when you get back because you're always like just so like extra pumped on El Paso or just home period mm-hmm. and then you've got that that transfers over in your photos I, I see it maybe I feel like again I'm biased or whatever but I truly think that just experiencing home in that pure way coincides with your style of photo taking and just by doing what you do just continue that. You just keep taking photos while you're home and the people that see your art, that will, I believe, will spread that message. You know, that's like love letter to home. You got to get your shit out there though. Yeah, no, I do. And <laughs> I know I keep putting my foot in your mouth like, get a show going, man. Like, no, you know, like, I know. I, I do have some stuff in the works <laughs> that I'm trying to get my out of my own way um, so that I can do. Um, one of which is is to have a, a show, and I'm thinking about an outdoor show. 
Right now there's a lot of outdoor events coming up in the fall and I would love to kind of tag on with one of them and maybe we can do some kind of mutually beneficial relationship where we, you know, either help raise money for a cause or something. So if anybody listening knows of an idea, maybe I'll drop into somebody's DMs. That'd be awesome. Mario, Mario, I'm going to hit you up for the 12 hour. I think, uh, I think there's something I, I got in my brain that it would possibly work for that event. Yeah. Oh man, the 12 hours of Ola Paso. It's funny you mentioned that. I rode my mountain bike today um, in the Northeast and we rode the original 12 hours of Old El Paso race course. Uh, race course. Nice. Yeah. Super fun. Up Old Tin Mine Road. Um, so again, for those listening, uh, there's these awesome trails in the Northeast <clears throat> excuse me, off of, uh, um, you take 50, well, from, from Central anyway, you take 54, exit uh, MLK, and hang a left and make a left on uh, John Cunningham. That dead ends at a park called Chuck Heinrich Park. I guess I should have just said Chuck Heinrich Park. It's Google Maps, but whatever. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> explaining the step-by-step is always nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, with some old schoolers out there. All Make that. a left at <laughs> Riding down the fucking notes. Okay, got my yards, Your destination is on the right. <laughs> uh, anyway, we were out there. There's some sick trails. We were out there riding with my buddy James. And um, man, it was so cool, dude. We just, all these memories, like coming back. Oh, it, I forget why we started talking about the 12 hours of Old El Paso. Um, but we did and I was like, oh yeah, fucking Mario's going to bring it back. I got to reach out to him and, and see if he wants to talk on here about it. But that just going back to that first time we, we put it together and we were all working. I was actually living out in Illinois at the time. You, you guys were, you and Tyson and everybody, <clears throat> God damn. you guys were all still working at the shop and, and I got wind that you all were doing this race. It's like 12 hour party fest, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, uh, for Halloween. Uh, and Tyson sold it to me. And I was thinking about moving back. And that pushed me over the edge. And you're like, well, back. I was hurt too. But anyway, whatever. Like, I couldn't work anyway. I came home and just basically came home straight to this like crazy race that you guys put on. It was so fun. It was ridiculous. And so we were all supposed to, remember, we were all supposed to like work it or whatever. But Mike was like, I don't know if this is going to like go down or what this is going to turn into, if anything. So I want you guys just to enjoy it. So he let us all just enjoy the race mm-hmm. 100%, which was really cool. To we win. helped out a little bit. We totally did. Yeah, of yeah. course. But it was like, it was a lot mm-hmm. of partying and a lot Team of fun. Team Booze Hounds. Team Booze Hounds. Yeah, yeah. we won that race. Dude, it was, that was awesome. I mean, we, lo- we won the, the four-person team category. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, man. I'll never forget it, dude. That was such a good time. And, it's always a good time on bikes. So fun. But especially in the desert with your homies, that oh, time yeah. of year here in El Paso. Oh yeah. October's in El Paso. Oh, are the best. Dude. Yeah. I uh you have to let me know what you got cooking in that noggin of yours with the twelve hours after we uh <laughs> yeah. wrap this up. But that's gonna be cool. I'm excited. You know, I keep hearing that he's gonna do it. So um yeah, yeah hopefully. Well, I'll, I'll shoot him a message right now and, and I'll be like, Hey dude, let's uh let's talk. Heck yeah, dude! What uh, with the um, the twelve, what was it called? The twelve hour of uh, the Wild West. 
Owen Reed also. Yeah. That was fun. That one's fun too. I hope they bring that back. I hope a lot of these mountain bike races I come think, back. I think a lot of a lot of these events are going to come back now that things are starting starting to settle down and vaccinations are being distributed more evenly and and uh, yeah, some sense of normalcy will come back. And I think everybody's so eager to get to these events, you know, whether it's a, a mountain bike race or a live concert or maybe a mix of the two. An art show. An art show. An art show, photo show, you know, outside, walk around and in between laps while you're taking a break and take a gander at my photos. Can you share any of your ideas that you have for possible uh, showings or is that like under wraps? Um, I mean, nothing's really under wraps. It's not like I do anything that crazy, but... Um, I don't know, you artists are weird, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, weirdness aside, um, last year, you know, I started doing a portrait series of local cyclists. And I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Just oh, that was good. That it was, was good. good. It was yeah. good. And then it got all, you know, the political environment was exhausting. Um, it was right up until uh, up until election time and all of that bullshit. Plus, like, whatever second or third wave of COVID infections was happening. And I just kind of hit the brakes on that. And actually, I have three... Um, shoots that I did with people before um, before pulling the plug on that, and I haven't released those yet. Um, yeah, so I'll probably release those first. Maybe I'll do something like that. Show some of my favorite prints in large format scale um, out at the at the race. You know, showcase some of the local riding scene, some of the local riders. Oh, that could be cool. It could be cool. Yeah, I mean that would be cool. Maybe mix in some pictures of a cactus. A little cactus here. And cactus there. here, rock over there. The venue would be epic if it was at the roundhouse. It would be cool. Yeah. Especially if there's a keg of beer. People <laughs> would really love my photos after drinking a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Do you have uh can you can people buy your art? I mean um, I know I I purchased a few pieces and they're hanging up in the house. Um Yeah. But people mean, can definitely buy any print they well almost any print um, as long as it's not something that belongs to a client because I do do client work on the you know odd chance that I have of breaking my work schedule but anything that anybody has seen on my Instagram or anything that I've put out there that they enjoy they can always hit me up with a DM and, and order a print um, I've done a few custom orders for people like, like yourself, like a couple of the homies. Um, so that's the other thing I'm working on. Um, a website with yeah. a storefront that I've been working on forever because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist and I, you know, nothing's ever good enough to put out. And I, you know, I know it's just me being overcritical about my shit, but I'm working on it. Well, I mean, then that's what makes the stuff that you do put out that much better. So it goes both ways. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could be a pain in your own ass. I, I'm, I know, I fucking know, but uh, you know, it's you mean well. <laughs> I mean, I just it's so it's so hard to produce anything nowadays that's meaningful. I think because everybody's just so overwhelmed with all the content that's completely flying at their face all yeah, the man. time. It's, you know? it's a lot. It, it's hard to catch somebody's attention. It's hard to. It's hard to stand out from the crowd, and I think that's where I, 
you know, hit my wall. I, you know, I'm like, shit, how am I any different from 2 million other photographers taking pictures of this Ocotillo? But you're, maybe that's a, I don't know. And, and yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. What you're saying it's, it's definitely, you know, just, you're number one. just you're put it out there, you know? <laughs> and I, I heard best from somebody who's a, an artist, who's an actor and just a creative person. Generally gave a TED talk and they, he said, it's not up to you to decide what's good. It's your audience. Mm-hmm. They're going to decide what's good, whether they like it or not. So you need to just stop being stupid and just keep creating, keep making what makes you happy. And I think you'll be all right after that. Yeah. You know, you got to play the fool, be the fool and, and you just not worry about your ego so much. But that's the thing is I think we're just, we're trained all our life to worry about our ego. You know, whether it's uh, being on an honor roll or in an honor society or getting a ribbon or some kind of trophy or award. Being the best. Yeah. Being the best is drilled into us. Was that Ethan Hawke, by the way, that said that? That was Ethan Hawke, yeah. And I saw that. You sent it to me. That was so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's out there, look up Ethan Hawke, TED Talk. Uh, I think it's Play the Fool or something. Something, something like, like that. that. Or, yeah. or permission, to, giving yourself permission to be creative. Oh, yeah. That's what Something it was. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyone listening, uh, I think everyone. It's just, it made so sure. much sense. It did, dude. It, yeah. it was, it was so good. Follow, follow love. It's yeah. basically what he, what he says at the end and yeah. it makes. Follow your passion. Yeah. The way he says, I'm not going to butcher it, but yeah, you're right. It was so good and made total sense. It was, that was inspiring, man. After I watched that thing, you sent it. I was like, yeah, I came in here, started playing guitar and I was recording just whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and. I mean, kudos I felt, to you for, good. look at this, the podcast, I mean, <laughs> pulling trigger and just like, you, you have like this burning inside of you that couldn't just, you can't hold it in and you have to get it out there. I mean, I, thank you. Um, it's nerve wracking every time, believe it or not, even with someone like you who's like my brother. Um, yeah, it's weird. But I do, especially when I listen back to the episodes, that part sucks, honestly, oh, yeah. like, it's every every yeah. time, dude. Post production is always a time killer, and it's such a headache. I'm like that was awesome, and then I press playback, and I'm like, Jesus, oh, really? Oh man, I recorded that. How many times did I say um and like, like and, and uh, like 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 <laughs> as if? It's tough, dude. It's tough, but I mean, it's fun though. It really is. Um, it's fun to. Actually, do it like right now in the moment, chatting with you in this room in the shop, or with Brent, or with whoever, yeah. Linda and Dave, Phil. Shout out to everyone who's been on the pod. It's it's so much fun, and uh, it it really feels like to me like I'm like it's it's for me, but it's also for something else. Like selfishly, I do this. For, for yeah for a lot of selfish reasons also and I know I've said this a bunch in, in previous episodes but um, I really feel like just by talking that's uh, why podcasts are so awesome uh, you can you it's real dude yeah it's fucking real and um, one of my I guess I'll go a little into it like one of my selfish I know I explained this to you but one of my 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 goals with this personally is to 
to help people like like my own brothers mm-hmm. and, and and some of my family or like whoever like people that are that are close to me that are that I love a lot but that I'm not around a lot or connected to like they can get a sense of like what I've been up to my stories my history and like get to know me in a way that's real convenient yeah you know like where we don't have to sit down and have a conversation or right. whatever and every I mean, I can pick up the phone and call like, and I, and I, and I do that more these days, these days for sure. But this is definitely a way, like if they, if they listen, like, I hope that they can get something out of it. Like, Oh man, Richie's this or that. And so, yeah, dude, it's, um, in the same time, the content that like, you know, the subjects we talk about and stuff is definitely highlighting El Paso and the, our community and, and why this place is so rad and the people that, that make this place so badass. And that to me is endless because I really feel like everyone, everyone in the world, everyone that exists has something special about them, whether they yeah. know about it or not. I really feel like it's in there. And that's, that's dope. That's why I think I like, I'll talk to anyone, dude, like anyone who wants to talk to me on or off the podcast, like just period. Uh, yeah. That's kind of how I've been my whole life. For sure. And, and now like with find this, I sent it, I sent it. I know, man, it's weird. The bike shop. Oh my god, that was the training grounds for sure. Working retail. Don't <laughs> yeah. teach you how to talk to anybody. <laughs> being super nervous and shy. I was such. Yeah, it's so weird. And then being like, "Fuck, I gotta like, I need to talk to you so I get paid." <laughs> but yeah, dude, In it's two weird. languages nonetheless. So it's it's cool, man. On many levels, doing this, and it's always strange, but whatever. Fuck it. It's just, I mean, it's the only thing that's different is you got a microphone and some air, uh, earphones on, you know? Yeah, and listening to yourself and is strange. listening to yourself. And like, like me right now, I'm still trying to like get used to all these sounds in my voice. It's like, do I really sound like that? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going right <laughs> into my earlobes. Yep, that's me. You, you get used to, well, I mean, I get used to it after a little while. Yeah, because nobody ever listens. I mean, you don't really listen to how you sound. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, podcasting is strange, man. Anyway, mountain biking. When yeah. are you gonna get? Let's go. Let's go on a mountain bike ride, man. This morning lit a fire under my ass, dude. I mean, I'd say thanks, let's go James. Tomorrow. By the way, I'd thank s- you, dude, for getting me back out there, man. It's been way too long. Yeah, I'd, I'd say let's go tomorrow, but I think we need to go to a skate park instead. Oh yeah, we need to break in. You need to christen, christen your ride. I do. Christen your ride. I need to christen my my ride for sure. We've been going to the BMX track, and that. You need some dirt on your bike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I can't wait. that thing's too shiny. Yeah. Next and those brakes are too fucking loud. You need oh, to get some dirt God. on those rims. Yeah, for sure. They're <laughs> squealing. So Definitely. They work, though. They do work. They stop. Everybody knows you're stopping, but I'm stopping. That's the important part. Did you ever go to the BMX track when you were a kid? When I was a kid? No. Or younger? No. Or like I didn't. So I didn't get BMX into BMX days. until I was, what, 13 or 14. And. Even then, I was a stoop kid, you know, just riding out front of the house. We we had ramps and we built like little boxes and, and grind rails and, and learned how to ride our bikes out front. But I didn't venture to the BMX track until maybe 16, 17, you know, so I was already older. I remember my first time dropping in on the gate and just hauling ass for that first step up and getting bucked over the bars because I didn't, <laughs> I just didn't do it. <laughs> 
ate shit. And the track operator at the time, I, don't, I forget who it was, but he's all, you don't really ride that often, do you? And I was like, oh, fuck you, man. I do ride, but I just don't ride this. And I don't tell me I suck. I know. I got this blood out of my arm right now telling me I know. <laughs> but yeah, no, BMX, I wish, I wish I grew up at, you know, riding BMX as a kid. I think it would have done wonders for my bike handling abilities. You mean like racing? Like racing, yeah. yeah, yeah. What I meant is uh, racing for right sure. Because those kids that grew up, you know, I've seen kids like starting BMX, riding no training wheels at three years old. I'm like, that kid, he keeps it up by the time he's 20. <sighs> Professional. Some of the best riders. I think all, I mean, I think any most sport, of the time. Any sport, really. You get the kid in super early, they're going to be phenomenal if they stick to it. That's totally. the issue. Specifically with riding bikes, though, BMX racers. Like if you're like if there's a kid, you have a kid who's raced BMX at a young age or at some point for a while, and then like got comfortable with that speed and that bike handling. Mm-hmm. Like later on, they it seems like they become the bet like the some of the best mountain bikers or you yeah. know they just have that like. If they stay on two wheels, that bike control, they know it, or motorcycles, or whatever, mm-hmm. it just like transfers over There's so much. Uh, and I really think, dude, that um, riding bikes makes you a better driver. Oh, for sure. Not only because you're like, oh, I'm aware that there's bike riders on the road or whatever, but but like the physics of driving. Yeah, like you coming into a turn, speed. and yeah, you understand speed. Yeah, you understand speed. No shit. Yeah, and you're also looking further down the road than most drivers, I think. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead, yep. yeah. You're not looking at just the car in front of you. You're looking at you know a quarter mile, half mile down the road to see what else is out there. I remember Bud and Tyson would tell me that they they would, you know, Bud and Tyson are these old old they're friends. Old, I mean, like old, not old friends. Like they're our age, right? We're not young fuckers. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> We're all old. Anyway, Ish. like buddies from back in the day where, you know, we'd, we'd ride and stuff. And then um, anyway, they raced motocross and they were really good, super fast. And they would rip on mountain bikes, dude. Just like, <laughs> so you're with the camera taking photos. At that speed on a motorcycle, you have to look way ahead. Yeah. And on the, on like, Going on downhill on a mountain bike, you can get going pretty fast. And if you're not looking like far as enough. far as you can, yeah, it, then you're going to like blow a turn or, you know, find yourself in a cactus or some shit. Yeah. And yeah, that was some of the best advice early on. They were like, dude, you, you need to like look up and look further down the trail and, and see what's coming. And, and then trust, like, like, don't keep your eyes on that obstacle. Oh, I spot it way down there. And then like follow it until it's right in front of you. You gotta like spot it and then okay, and then spot the next one down and just like kind of like anticipate with your peripheral vision, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's very very strange, but yeah. it, plus things are coming at you a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So you know, before you know it, whatever you're looking at, hundred yards down the trail, is right underneath your tires. So if you're locked in on that thing, basically the rule of thumb is you're gonna go wherever you're looking. So if you're looking at that rock or that cactus, that's where you're going. So don't look at it, you know, look past it. Look, you know, down the trail. Yeah, it's so sick. Today, going down Mad Cow in the morning, or just actually, no, going down. Um, so we rode up to, we attempt, well, attempted Mundy's Gap, but fuck no, I was not doing Mundy's Gap. We got to the gate, felt pretty good getting to the gate, which is pretty far up, and then turned around and just blasted down the road. 
And I haven't gone that fast on a mountain bike in a long time. Nice. Yeah, it was like kind of scary. Yeah. But but ex- super exciting, you yeah. know? I was like, ah. Oh, Scare all that bullshit out of your head. Oh, there's no time to focus. There's no time to be anxious or mm-hmm. like wondering about any other bullshit when you're when you hit a certain speed on a mountain bike. That's all you're focused on. You're like, yeah. don't die. That flow, it's essential. It is, dude. It was um, it was wonderful. And going down Mad Cow, like there's more turns and stuff, as you know. And like I was just trying to, uh, yeah, but in Tyson, like that advice popped in my head, like to look further down the trail. And, Ah, uh, it was, I mean, definitely rusty, but I just f- fell back in love with mountain bikes earlier this morning. It was so good. Hell yeah. Oh man. Bikes yeah. and shit. You know, I've been slacking it. I haven't ridden my mountain bike in months. Do you take a bike with you when you go traveling? You don't? No, it's... it's I mean, I know this. I'm asking like, no, I don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. It's, I wish I could. And I've thought about the idea of, you know, even this whole... BMX bike set up with a travel bag and all. I could totally travel with that. But the work is, it's pretty hectic. And a lot of times we're putting in long hour days and there's not really any time afterward to go and, and put in a decent ride in or, or anything like that. Well, more than just the ride, have you thought of like, you, you, but you take the time to walk around, take photos, right? I do. So maybe not treating it as like, I'm going to get some exercise, but just like, oh, I have a bike that can like travel in the same amount of time. For sure. You know, like further. And and you know, it would be more better than the BMX bike. I know. Maybe I'll make it happen for certain trips, depending on where I'm going, you know, depending on the logistics of the job and seeing whether I'm going to actually have some time or whether I'm, you know, fighting the workload and trying to figure out when I can sleep. You know, there's... All those things I have to take into account. Yeah. Plus, traveling with all those bags, kind of rough. Yeah, this bags is shit, but yeah, it's just another bag too. Yeah, yeah I get it. Go travel with three bags already. Just take it, dude. All right, I'll just take it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, the next time I'm, a, I'm going to a place that has decent like skate parks, I'll definitely take it with me. Just get in the habit of taking it, taking it with you, no matter what. Remember. <laughs> Remember back in the day when like we would go on a trip and it wasn't even like a BMX trip. You would take your bike, no questions asked. Oh yeah. Yeah, my BMX just bike was in always the in the car. Pretend like it's always that, in the know? car. I just need to quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. jobs always get in the way. I mean, hey, you you were a full-time photographer before COVID. No, the pandemic hit. Coming to a close. Well, it's I mean, it's manageable. When people say, oh, yeah, we're, we're, oh, I don't want to get into all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a scientist. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, same. But it's definitely still a thing. Anyway, but the vaccines and, and just, you know, shit's like not how it was. Yeah. That's for sure. Like we're having fun again right. and hanging with people. Yeah, it's more relaxed. Yeah. I've and been giving a lot of hugs lately. And yeah, yeah hugs it's all are the good. best. And they're really hard. Yeah. It, it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy there for a little bit you know i remember the beginning of the pandemic being so afraid of what we just didn't know about it and just that whole thought of like damn i want to hug that person or at least shake their hand and everything was just at a distance oh, dude it was very strange in the beginning i remember being like oh this is so bad because well at the time we were living together yeah we were roommates for a mm-hmm. while and then and so I, I was spoiled, man. I had my best friend. I had my 
wife. I had the yeah. kids. And then we had like quarantinis. Quarantinis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had like daily fun little, <laughs> we're doing all these things to like make the, make the house fun for the kids, you know, swimming pool and like a little uh, inflatable plus, pool or whatever. Plus, we had that. our pod. We had our little quarantine pod. So we were able to go ride the bikes together and it yeah. just felt like a vacation. It felt like summer vacation. You know, when you're in grade school yeah, and you're off for three months, yeah. that's how the beginning of the pandemic felt yeah. for, and then for me. And shit got up and then it's something changed and it got real like, okay. Yeah. You know, like it got real weird. And then I started traveling for work and then the whole like, you know, breaking out of the pod situation and having mm-hmm. to figure out another living arrangement. But yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. Yeah. It was crazy, man. I missed you hard. Uh, I shed some tears and I was like, man. I feel like I broke up with my best buddy. It was, <laughs> it was tough, dude. Fucking asshole. <laughs> fuck that guy. No. Fuck me. No, fuck you. Nah, it was it was nuts, man. I'm just I'm just happy that we're I mean, hopefully we're learning from all this bullshit and better days are now. Yeah, we went to this pool party, dude. And it was it was great. The Zimmy, by the way, learned how to swim today. My youngest, he's four and a half. And the dude has just been on a roll. Uh, he's, be, I gotta give him credit. He's like a he's courageous, he's fearless, aggressive. Well, not that he's fearless because I see him feel the fear, but he doesn't let it stop him. Right, right. That's I guess that's what I meant. Is he's he, he's brave. He sees the fear, he has it, he acknowledges it, and then he's like, "All right, well, I'm a, I can still do it." You know, even being afraid. Yeah, I think we could all learn from that. Yeah, I admire him, and I'm not like that. No, I'm not like you know, that my either. daughter's not. She's. She's I overthink to the max. Same, dude. Lily, she's a she's a warrior, man. She's tough. I, I yeah, I'm I'm learning. I'm learning from them. Learning from everyone. But seeing him these past like few weeks, this is his summer, dude. It's been so crazy. Like learning how to ride the bike. When we went to the BMX track the first time, I don't know. It's probably a month ago now. Um, next day. He came, he's still on a Strider. We took the Strider bike out there, the balance bike. And then we came back. He, after seeing all those kids on the track and stuff, he was just like, adios and I were uh, in the pool and he goes, dad, I'm going to pedal my bike now. He didn't even ask for like, he, he, that's, he just like stated, hey, by the way, <laughs> you know. I'm pedaling my bike today. Yeah. And then butt naked in the backyard, <laughs> going around in circles. And I was just like, all right, whatever. I didn't, pray. I, just, I just kept my mouth shut, but I was looking, obviously. I was like, oh shit. There you go. And within 10, 15 minutes, dude, he was like, Dad, check this out. And I was like, yeah, dude, you get me. Check stoked. it out. Yeah, he had he had done it before a while back, and then he ate shit hard. Like, it, it was a good one. He's mm-hmm. like, no, fuck that bike. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it sucked. And then now, like, today he's swimming, and like, yeah, dude, it's been crazy. I ordered some goggles for myself, and then he put them on. He's like, these are mine now. I was like, shit, all right, I guess they're yours now. <laughs> Like, sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, funny thing about that pool that we went to today. I was laughing inside because um, well, I was telling Lily, like, yo, Chris uh, has a story about this pool. Yeah. And, and I didn't tell her because I wanted you to tell the story. <laughs> well, okay, so that's a funny story. So back in the day, I was maybe 19 at the time. And this pool, it's in Kern Place. I won't say the name of it. But after work, wintertime, dark, early, you know, like at 5 p.m., whatever, 
And Lalo and I, like, hey, let's go ride that pool. It's empty. And, you know, take our BMX bikes, jump the fence. So we did that. Drive over. Nobody around. It's nice and dark. Being nice and quiet, as quiet as we can. All you hear is the buzz of our cassettes and tires rubbing on the concrete as we're carving through this pool. But the thing about it is at the deep end, where we're trying to carve around the, the light on the wall, um, towards the bottom on the transition, there's this pile of leaves. Like, all right, so we're just going to avoid the leaves. Just right around it. Anyway, I go for a run, and I carve off the wall. Front tire ends up hitting the light. Bounces me off. And when I come back down, I miss the transition, land at the bottom of the pool in the pile of leaves, which is covering the shittiest, smelliest cat piss water ever. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm submerged in this water. And it's like, I don't know, I think it's November, December sometimes. And it's like a mild winter. So it wasn't like I was freezing cold, but I was stinky. <laughs> so stinky. <laughs> and Lalo's just up the, up, the, up the transition up by the shallow end of the pool laughing. You know, he's always like, he's kind of like the big brother. And uh, yeah, like get my bike out of the water and I drag myself back up. And he's like, man, wait, we should go. And yeah, it's probably a good time to leave. And we're sitting there, and he's like, dude, you smell like cat piss. (laughs) So we ended up, you know, leaving the pool at that moment and and going over to a local car wash down the street. And uh, I went ahead and let Lalo spray me down with the pressure washer (laughs) because, goddamn, I stunk. But, you know, good times. That was kind of just the thing with BMX when when we were riding in our younger days. They didn't have, El Paso didn't have a bunch of skate parks everywhere. No. So it was either looking for a street spot, dirt jumps that you'd have to go and build, or finding some empty pool and and doing it that way, which is always fun. Yeah. It adds to the excitement when you're doing something that's somewhat illegal. I guess it's fully illegal trespassing, but I mean, back then you're not, you don't give a shit about property damage or anything like that. You're thinking about riding your bike and having a good time. Not that we destroyed anything other than maybe scuffing walls with tire marks but you know nobody was hurt it was my god I was laughing dude I was like in a deep end and saw the light <laughs> just imagining your front wheel hitting it oh my god so funny yeah, so uh, many good times with bikes so many I'm looking at a a, a, a photograph right or a uh yeah, photo, large print, framed of the tap downtown, mm. the tap bar. Nachos. Yeah, oh, the best nachos in the world, seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nachos. Whoever so, says no, like, you don't know nachos. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's actually something else that I have working on right now. I'm putting together a vlog. Since I travel all over the place, everywhere I go, I try to order nachos. Just because who doesn't like nachos? I know, right? And uh, anyway, look out for a vlog coming soon. Actually, I think episode one is going to be at the tap. I'll set the bar as high as it goes, man. Yeah, basically, you know, tell people like, this is what I expect when I get a plate of nachos, you know, ordered. I, I expect something of this quality. And of course, everywhere I go, there's all kinds of different nachos that come my way. And some are great. Some are horrible. Some are just like, that's not, that's not joke. Typical nacho. <laughs> I don't know. I try to make that into something. That didn't work. All right. Oh man. Edit it that out, please. Edit it. Absolutely not. <laughs>
the the bike race in that photo was so fun. I don't. That's uh, that's uh, my buddy. Shout out to Kevin Pearson, wherever you are, bud. I got a photo of this alley cat that we were doing. Man, those alley cats were so fun back in the day. Yeah, there's one coming up. There is the one coming up next. I actually got um, the Jill. poster sent to me last night. I'm going to share it. Oh, we're going to uh, be out of town. Really, we're all bummed that we're not going to be here for it. Yeah, it's on the July third, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen a post or anything. I'm just going off of what Lily was telling me. But um, yeah, whoever's, yeah, the, I don't know the name of the, Chris's. Yeah. Let me, let me look at it. Yeah. So, Alley Cats, for those of you who don't know, are um, bike races around town. Traditionally, they're like, you meet up at a spot. Most, a lot of times, it's like a bar or a park or something. Um, and sometimes there's entry fee, uh, but a lot of times there's not. And um, so you show up on a lot of fixed gear bicycle riders show up to them, but um, unless otherwise specified, like people can show up on any type of bike. And it's just like a scavenger hunt bike ride where you get this map of different checkpoints and uh, you. I mean, the rules vary of how do you prove that you're at different checkpoints. Sometimes, sometimes uh, there's volunteers at these checkpoints and you have to show up and do like, you know, some sort of challenge or something. Like the really fun ones have like volunteers mm-hmm. at checkpoints and you have to... You, you get know, a signature or a sticker. Yeah, right, or exactly. Rigging. And then others, like they're, they're like you take a photo of, a, of something, yeah, like a landmark. A landmark. Yeah. Um, so that, those are cool too. But uh, but they're fun because it's like they're scattered. It's not necessarily in a circuit. Uh, my favorite ones are where they're like they're just you got to like zigzag all around this section of the yeah, town, and you kind of like there's a strategy in in finding like the most efficient route or whatever. For so sure, it's you get that checklist of spots. And yeah. It's like, Free for all of how you want to hit those spots. Yeah, the free for all aspect of these races is, mm-hmm. is so fun. It adds a lot to it. Yeah. And they're dangerous, they're non sanctioned. So it's like yeah, it's word of mouth on your, your own. own risk. Totally. Yeah. Lots um, of red lights being run. Yeah. Some people do some crazy shit. Yeah. Have you seen some of the alley cats in New York? I've seen videos of them. I've never, you know, experienced it firsthand. But yeah, they get nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Like Lily and I were actually at one. We didn't race, but we were on a, we were just like on a trip, um, on a crazy trip that we took when we were dating back in the day. And like, we visited some friends in New York, Janessa and Gio, they were living there at the time. And there was this alley cat and it was bicycle film festival too. And it was massive, dude. It was crazy. It was so many bikes of it. It was so cool. It was so cool. Like, and the whole like discipline of alley cat racing developed from messengers, bike mm -hmm. messengers. They knew the city through and through on bikes. So it was who was the best messenger who knew how to navigate their city. And that, that's kind of what's the cool aspect of being an alley cat racer. So I got the poster here and it's uh, the ballad of Jose Hernandez El Grande. Alligato race. Hell yeah. And it's uh, Saturday, July 3rd. So registration starts at 6 p.m. Races at 7.30 and it's uh, meet at Old Sheepdog Brewery at 3900 Rosa Avenue. And it looks like it's uh, they're offering equal prizes for men and women, equal uh, representation. Equal representation. Nice. It's all about equality, you know. Uh, which is cash think, prizes. Cash prizes. It what? says uh, 
looks like a hundred dollars up for grabs. Damn, which is cool. You know, what's the entry fee? Oh shit! Damn, five dollar entry fee. Dude, so, that's five bucks. Have a good time. Drink some good beer. Possibly, possibly come get out that on top. Twenty time multiplier and get that hundred dollar prize. Holla! Definitely fun. Yeah, those alley cats are dope. Remember the Velas Locos? Velas Locos that was, was cool. a great time. Uh, Cranksgiving, the zombie crew put that one on. Lily was saying that that was one of, probably her favorite one in EP. Well, because she won it. The Cranksgiving one? Didn't she? Uh, she yeah. won one of them. There's... Uh, Which is the one that Jovini brought. Yeah, JVB. That, that was cool. Yeah. They're they're all fun. Yeah, yeah Lily's, well, Lily's a beast. She is. And <laughs> she beat all the... Yeah, she beat all the dudes. She beat all the dudes. That was dope. By far. Not, not barely, <laughs> by far. Which is no surprise. If you know Lily, she's an awesome, crazy athlete. She's probably like, you fuckers. Yeah, I know. She's saying, like, stop talking about me right now. <laughs> no. No, but uh, the, the Cranksgiving one was really cool because they, um, the, the idea behind that one, it was a food drive. So they had to go not only... Yeah, like check but they had um they had to buy certain items yeah, I remember for that. like for for uh like to donate, I guess, to the Annunciation House. Mm-hmm. Which was really that's really cool, right? Um, yeah. Anytime you're benefiting a good cause, it always makes you feel better. Yeah, man. Man, so many good rides. Did you go on that Chopies ride back in the day that Theron put together? Mm. No, I didn't actually. I, I think, think you that put was, it together. I'm I think sure. that was like a Saturday thing and I was usually at the shop working. That was cool. Uh, he did this. Or maybe I'm thinking about another one. The, um, uh, he raised, it was another food drive type of thing for the yeah. for the homeless shelter. And we showed, he had it at, Lo, not Love Buzz, um, Lowbrow. Okay. And we showed up and I believe it was proper when in their early, early days. Maybe it was someone else screen printing. I'm going to shut up now about that. Who was doing what? But there were some screen printers, some, sh- and they were doing live screen printing shirts. And there's bands, and it was just such a good, like, good vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, that man, that was cool. I think that was just just an event in general, like a like a hangout. But that Chopi's ride. Now that I'm thinking about it, the Chopi's ride wasn't related to that. We went from Hope and Anchor, shout out to Chris Lules, love you, buddy. And we went all the way to Chopi's, like out Highway 28, like Olmasia area, uh, La Union or whatever. And that was epic too, because that was a pretty good ride. That was like over 30 miles and everyone was just super chill. And we got there and ate some chile rellenos. Mm. And if you haven't been to Chopi's, that place has some good chile rellenos. I haven't gone in a long time. We should make that happen soon. Dude, yeah. I'm, yeah, memories. Mm-hmm. Oh, that place. That place has good food. And then like the the ambiance too. Like I don't know. I guess the, the ride. Yeah, just everything. Everything with it. Yeah, it all adds to it. Yeah. And I the did. food tastes better after you ride. Right? Oh, always. <laughs> always. Sure. Food and drinks always way better with bikes. Oh, man. Critical mass is fun, dude. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it sparked all that. I get like this. These past couple of weeks have been really just filled with bikes. That's great. And um, yeah, yeah. I haven't been riding as much, obviously, but now I'm happy that that we're back on track for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's easy to do. I mean, I I'm the 
prime example for that. I'll put my bikes up and they have layers of dust on them by the time I get back to them. Hopefully I can stop that habit. Just, yeah, just starting up again, that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Now, when I jumped on, a, on the bike a few days ago, the mountain bike, and I uh, went and rode with Jameson, just like in Arroyo Park, Monk's area. I fucking, oh, dude, it was so hard. It was hard. I was at my limit, and I just rode like a few miles. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back, and I was like, and he said it to He's like, dude, this is the hardest one. You're here, though. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right, man. He dragged me out. I was like, thank you. It's the last climb until the next one. <laughs> that bullshit where you're out riding and like one more climb after more this climb. we're good it's all okay. downhill like until the, the next one bullshit you yeah. liar just like whatever just go, go. Don't, don't wait for me, me anymore <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the car <laughs> just go back to the car if my car's still there then call the cops <laughs> but it's gonna be gone by the time you get back cause I'm done I'm gonna go get my get myself some chiller in <laughs> some tap nachos <laughs> Oh man, yeah, dude, that alley cat's gonna be cool. Wish we were in town for cool. it. I'll be there. Hell yeah, you take some photos. Of yeah. course. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, it's good times. So, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we can call it there. Yeah, we could just uh, go like uh, for a while, then figure something out. Let's see. Let's look around the shop. We got um, race posters. You did all those race posters. You did every single one. Every single one, yeah. I'm looking at race posters yeah, from, from the 12 hours of El Paso 2009 back in nine onward. 2009. We got 2000 the uh, the Coyote Classic mountain bike race. We've got um, the Puzzler mountain bike races. Yeah, yep. tons, dude. And you did every single one of those. Yeah, that's um, right there on your wall. You got three, four, five, six, seven, eight posters up there. And there's another couple in the front room that aren't oh, yeah. back here. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely, uh, it just kind of happened because I was working at the shop and the bicycle company was hosting these events and they needed somebody to do the race artwork. And I was like, well, I guess I can figure it out. And uh, and then it kind of got me into realizing that graphic design is something that I was into when I officially learned how to do it in school. And uh, then, you know, one thing led to another, and I did that for a little bit as work, and I still do every now and then for the, if the project's right. Honestly, graphic design really frustrates the hell out of me. I appreciate it. I, I, I love looking at the aesthetics of design, you know, whether it's graphically or architecturally. But doing graphic design work for a client is the most frustrating thing that I've ever had to do, just because more often than not, your creative vision is not lined up with the person. Or maybe I'm just bad at figuring out what it is that they're looking for and going off on my own wild tangent of what I had in my mind. And, uh, yeah, so it gets a little rough. And then next thing you know, I add up my hourly on that project and I'm making like two bucks an hour (laughs) or something stupid like that, if that. But uh, it is what it is. And I don't practice it as often as I should maybe, but whatever I have other things to do I yeah that's going back to like what we were talking about earlier with like mixing your passion with business when you're like trying to when you're it's when you're forced to do art or when you're forced to make money yeah yeah. that's what it comes down to because you're not really forced to do art you're forced to make money to pay for this life that you're told that you're supposed to have 
and that whole like capitalist look, you, you know, outlook at how to live your life, it's really fucked up and unsustainable at times, you know? Absolutely. Definitely, it burns out resources, whether they're actual natural resources or human, you know, power or, you know, human power hours or whatever you want to call it. Like, living your life to make money sucks, you know? Money is a tool, of course, you need it. Everybody needs to make it and pay their dues, but it shouldn't be the focus in life. Absolutely not, and it is. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately it is. For a lot of people. Yeah, for most, I guess. I mean, even me, you know, I got expensive habits. I have expensive hobbies. Bicycling is not cheap. This BMX bike wasn't cheap. Yeah, that (laughs) BMX bike was. When I got the parts list, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Are you sure? I mean, I was not sure. I was not sure, but then I was like, yeah, order it because I'm not sure. And I might say no, like in a couple of minutes. You better just submit that order and just take my credit card right now. But, you know, whatever. No regrets. Nope. Nope. Because, I mean, you regret something if you don't do it or if you do do it later. Ah, whatever. What's that saying? If you do, then if you don't. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so might as well just do it. It's tough, man. The... I feel like uh, it. You ask somebody to to be creative. I've definitely done it, like commissioning people to do stuff. Like, I mean, and I, it comes from a good place. Like, I want to support the person, usually a friend, mm-hmm. you know, who's an artist. And I'm like, oh, dude, I, I really, I really would love this thing because I, I, I feel like your art style, you know, and your whatever it fits what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, right. And um, and it, it, but then it feels shitty because it feels like, I mean, maybe this is me being too hard on myself, but I really feel like I'm like I'm using that person, or I don't know how to put it. Like I wouldn't, you know, that actually, you know, coming from my point of view, when you go and approach an artist because you enjoy their art that they already do create, and you ask them to create something in that realm you know of what they already naturally do I think that's a compliment to the artist because you recognize their style and you're asking them to do something that they actually do what I hated was when somebody would be like oh look at this I found this guy and he's like or her or whatever they do great artwork can you do something like that no I'm not that artist why don't you call that artist you know (laughs) oh because they want to you want to you know, they're going to charge you five grand to do that project. Yeah, well, guess what? You need to change your, I mean, look at what do I do, look at my artwork, and if that fits with what you're looking for, then hire me. By all means, we'll do it. But I'm not going to be like a mockingbird for you and try to develop a style that's not my own. No, that's not fair at all. That's no. not, that sucks. Yeah. That but, sucks. So I think the way you're going about it, you know, recognizing somebody's natural style and ability and trying to, you know, compensate them for doing something within that realm of, of style, then I think that's awesome. Yeah, I usually go like, hey, I have this idea for this thing. And I think you're, I mean, you came to mind, mm-hmm. you know, because I like your style or whatever, with whatever you do, whether it be like a painting or a photo or something. And yeah, I just, you know, I guess, again, I'm being a little weird, but like putting the pressure on someone to, because... I know with me, if if I, I could come back here in the shop 
Mm-hmm. And I, I've got some projects, you know, some bike stuff that I want to do, some, you know, passion projects for friends and family that I'm working on, several. And, uh, and I come back here, number one, when I have time away from the kids or, you know, which is, can be rare, but it's more often these days, which is thanks Lily and everyone <laughs> babysitting and stuff. Anyway, but you've got to be feeling it. Not only do you have to have the opportunity and uh, I mean, unless there's some sort of trick to you to like, like force or, or not force, but um, like just, just do it. Like, <laughs> like I, I, for me, I don't know. I haven't figured out how to, how to just like, put myself in the zone if I'm not already feeling it, you know, if I don't yeah. get like, I get, I go on feeling inspirations as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, are you that way? I mean, doing your work when the creativity strikes or when the inspiration strikes, I would like to call that as a luxury, you know? Yeah. Cause a lot of times you don't have the time to mm-hmm. wait for that creativity to just pop in your head. And I think it's kind of like you have to create that, muscle or build that muscle, that creative muscle of realizing, okay, this is the project. These are the parameters. This is what I have to work with to figure something out and maybe train your brain into working and solving that problem for whatever that design requirement is or that photo shoot requirement is and just playing, playing it by ear down the, down the way. And just, I think the act of doing is in itself that first step. A lot of times you get stuck in that planning phase. I mean, I get stuck in the planning phase all the time, for sure. Like my website, it's in the planning phase, you know, and it's <laughs> been there for, I don't want to say how long, but it's just because I'm trying to make it perfect, but perfection doesn't really exist. And I think once we realize that perfection is just this made up idea that is super subjective anyway, you know, just do it get, you know, get that first, that first step in. And I think that's the main key. The other thing, though, is at least that I've had to learn is how to say no. Mm. Sometimes a project will come your way or a client will come your way and they have this big idea and you're like, fuck, that sounds great. But deep down you realize that you don't feel 100% on board with their project. Um, And it's not something that you either believe in fully. Um, I worked for a company shooting product photography for them. And it was a really cool crew. I I loved working with them. I still keep in contact with a few of the guys there. But the whole attitude of of the company just and and their their product and all that, it just didn't it's just not what I felt was important about cycling. You know, the whole racing aspect, you know, shredding grams everywhere you could and like being the best of the best, spending all this Gucci dollars on your on your stuff. I'm just like, eh, you don't really need that to have fun on a bike, you know, but I've never been that bike racer kind of guy. So I just didn't fit with that, that company's, um, I don't know how to put it, like their, their end goal. You know, I didn't, it just, it wasn't mine. So I couldn't be passionate for them and it was reflected in, in the work that I was producing for them. So I was like, you know, it's probably time I just sever ways. So we broke it off and I went my own way after that. But it, it's learning how to say no to the stuff that doesn't suit your style or or help you grow as an artist, I think is important. Also, learning how to say no to those time wasters. 
because there are a lot of people that will come your way and have all good intentions of throwing you some business, but then they also just drain everything out of you as far as like, you know, I hated checking emails and be like, hey, do you got that poster design ready for me? I was like, oh, I told you it was going to be two weeks before I got you a proof and you're already over here three days in asking for a final. Like, come on, man. Like, this is a process. It takes some time. And I hated those emails. And there was times where I just hated my project that I was doing. I was up, you know, into like two, three in the morning trying to figure out how to do a stupid sketch for this. And I was just, I just had nothing. No, no juices were flowing whatsoever. And, and I hated it. And I just resented that job or that project. I hated those emails coming through. I don't know how many times I rejected phone calls just because I was like, I don't want to talk to this fucker right now. <laughs> like, no, I do not have a proof or an updated proof for you. I'm sorry, my brain's not working right now. And I'm over here trying not to cry. <laughs> but it's, it's all part of you know, growing and, and, and being an artist and trying to make money from the art. And, and I mean, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to work through those creative blocks. I think... The key is to have multiple projects going on at once so that if you're losing steam on one, you can transfer over to another and continue on that project. And then when you don't feel that project, move on to another. And then all of a sudden, you're not having any of these down moments where you're just not doing anything. At least you're doing something. And uh, yeah, just, but that's the thing about growing old and you just get better at either solving your issues or faking it like you're pretending that you're solving your issues or at least making it look good <laughs> I don't know I'm still trying to figure it out we no. all are forever yeah forever <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows and that's the the one relief that I've come to understand is that everybody is just as confused as I am we're all in this bullshit together man yeah yeah totally oh man yeah I, I I'm rooting for you dude obviously um, I want you to figure it out how to and when I specifically saying like, do your art full time because I know how much that means to you. Yeah, and you were and you were doing good from what I remember. Yeah, like I mean, it was before it was the pandemic. Great. It was like you were heading the right direction. It was like you just got good. some steam going. I, I was know. like, oh, I had he's fucking doing it. Had some like, pretty cool gigs lined up. Yeah, dude. Like with bike magazines. Like I was gonna shoot the roller classic event <sighs> and like. It was everything was lining up, and then stupid COVID comes in and fucking derails everything. Oh uh, well, do you still but, have those contacts? Are you can um, you like pick up where you left off? I haven't, you know, tried, but I guess I can. Really, honestly, right now I'm just focusing on on just having a good time with the art. You're joking around. I guess maybe half joking, or maybe not joking at all. About what? Uh, earlier about quitting your job. <laughs> oh, no, I'm never joking about quitting my job. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> they know. <laughs> I've already told them, I was like, you know, you got maybe another year out of me. My body can't handle it after that. It's just too much. Fucking send it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I love traveling. I love getting to see the see the country. I get to see places that I've never otherwise would have gone. And there's a lot of mundane moments where I'm just driving down a long stretch of highway that's just lonesome but it's beautiful too because you get to see things that are just randomly beautiful you know it's like like that scene in American Beauty and that fucking paper or plastic bag just floating around in that little gust of wind it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and so artsy I mean but you know just not that stupid but like 
Like there is a lot of beauty out there to be recognized. You know, whether it's in a conversation with somebody or on a long stretch of a lonely highway or shit, I fly a lot, you know, looking out the window and looking at clouds. I never get sick of that. It's always beautiful seeing seeing the world that we live in, the life that we get to experience. It's it's nuts. It is. It's cool, man. It's cool that you, you flow through life with with this well, I mean, I guess like vision or mindset, whatever it is you call it, this outlook, you know, um, that you can, It's. it seems like you can make any situation like beautiful or interesting. You know, it's, over the awesome. past few years, I've been really taking in a lot of, whether it's a podcast or a book or videos on just changing mindset. Mindset, like our mindset is the key to our happiness because there's so many external factors that could make you completely miserable and you'd be within your right to feel miserable, you know, because of the way uh, a romantic partner treated you or your employer treated you or you got in a car wreck on the way to work, you know, all these issues that could, you know, plague your day. And the only thing we really absolutely have control of is how we react to those certain things that come our way. You know, am I going to look at this for every negative aspect of it and be the victim to this moment? Or am I going to be resilient and, and figure out, okay, this is what's happening. How do I fix it? Where do I go from here? And I think having that mindset where we're looking at our life and focusing on what it is that we have and what we should be grateful for instead of what we don't have or what I want to buy or comparing our life to somebody else, which is so easy nowadays because everybody's putting their highlight reel on social media. So everybody seems to have the perfect life and you're just like, fuck, you know? Such bullshit. It is bullshit. I mean, honestly, I do post, I don't ever post negative stuff or I try not to. I mean, every now and then I'll have a mood that I slip into and I'll post like something with a moody emo caption. But in general, I focus on putting out the the beautiful things that I see in life. And I think most people do. So if you're looking at everybody's feed on social media and you're like, man, why does my life not look like that? Well, maybe if you trim all the shit out of your life and look at only the positive aspects that you do experience, because everybody experiences some positivity, then it would look like your life was perfect too. And it's not the, the case. Everybody has struggle. And if we can realize that the struggle or the suffering in our life is essential for our understanding of the non-suffering of it, like... The sadness makes the beauty and the happiness that much more because we understand the sadness, which is, I mean, super philosophical, I guess, if you think about it, but it's, it's that it balance, the balance of our existence is there's, there's two things or two sides of everything, you know, night and day, happiness, sadness, it all is part of that balance of how we experience this, this universe that we're in. I mean, it's just... It, it's, it makes total sense. It dude. is, right? You know, it's... Well, that's the reason what, I got off of fucking Instagram in the first place. I couldn't handle it. I, yeah. was, I was addicted to it personally. And like, I think we're all addicted I to was, it. I was on it too much. And, and I wanted to... I, I wish people would put 
Well, I mean, personally, like, I don't, I think if I saw someone being like, and I saw it rarely, but I did see it. I won't say I never did. Sometimes people would be like, man, today was a fucking hard day or this or that, right? Like, man, I'm dealing with this bullshit. Like, ah, you know, and it's like seeing that, I, I, that I respected that. Whenever I would yeah. see something like that, I would respect it and be like, man, this person has the balls to, or whatever, the courage. To be honest. To be honest. And that's huge because it's easy to put, yeah, like you said, it's easy to put the good stuff out there, but, yeah. uh, or the, the, the happy stuff. Yeah. Um, or, or to filter everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, man, it's all the good and the happy and then the sad and the, and the fear and the this and the that. Like, it's all, it's all the same. It it's, is. It's all, they're just emotions. I see the kids, uh-huh. man. It's so cool seeing them because you know they they get stoked and they're like they let they express it fully. They're laughing. They're freaking like just Zimmy will come or even Adi Lucy just come up and be like mm, and like hug on you because they feeling they feel the love. Right. And they just Zimmy's been a little kissy monster lately. It's been awesome. <laughs> Dad, I love you. Ah. So good. And then um and then other times, you know, they're like pissed off and frustrated and crying and screaming at the top of their lungs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I know what you're feeling. Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty fucking good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you're not happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea that you're not happy right now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they and then they move on. Yeah. And then move on to the next emotion. They don't like dwell on it, put it in a box. Fucking, yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, this is what's going on right now in life. And then boom, and then on to the next thing. And they're just like flowing through it. Yeah. And it's so cool. And like, like even just like going out and going on those like poop rides and it's hot as shit outside. And they're like <laughs> sweating balls. Swe- I keep saying balls, whatever. You know, sweating bullets. <sighs> sweating a lot of male anatomy. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyway, the patriarchy. No, okay. Start with your use of sweating balls. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna baby steps, baby steps, and uh, under and boob then, sweat, under boob sweat. There you go. And <laughs> I guess you know. Never mind. And and oh, you're like, oh, it's hot, and then they're like, I'm like, are you are you guys hot? They're like, yeah. Okay. But they're not bitching about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the only difference. They're like, we're, whatever. Right. Yeah, we're hot. Uh-huh. Okay. Do, deal with it. They just, they, you know, it's not yeah. a thing. It's, it's like, okay, it's hot. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah it doesn't change like, the fact that I want to be out here having fun. Exactly. And yeah. they don't let it stop them. And like, we didn't let that shit stop us when we were kids. No, we didn't. And they're teaching, yeah, they're like, I'm like, I'm re- re- like little by little, I'm like reprogramming. I feel like. Because they're showing me the way, like they're the blueprints. Mm-hmm. Kids are the blueprints, man. They just like it is. They're unfucked. They're not fucked they're, up. Yeah, no. Their their fluidity and being able to bounce between emotions. And one moment they're pissed off, shouting through the roof, and then the next moment they're like intrigued by some I don't know lizard they found in the backyard. That's yeah. I mean, I wish we could. I wish I could move through those emotions just as quickly. I think that's probably maybe a curse of growing up and. Or not only that, but I, I mean, for for sure, our problems that we face as adults are a little bit heavier than what kids interact with um, or have to deal with most times. Um, but I think when it comes down to is 
just being used to not being comfortable. That's probably what it is. I think our society is so used to comfort, you know, where you have that weekly job that pays you a weekly paycheck and you go home and have your normal, I don't know, meal that you have every Tuesday. You know, that routine, that safe zone where you're just like, I'm safe. I know everything that's going to happen today because I planned it out and I, I know what's coming my way because it's the same thing that happened last Tuesday and the 500 Tuesdays before that. And then we're just bored to death because we come home from work and all we want to do is turn the TV on and see what stupid show is on and don't know what else to do because I'm too tired to go do anything else other than sit my ass on this couch and watch TV. And then all of a sudden I think, that's not a comfort zone that I want to be in anymore, you know? And, and yeah, I think killing your comfort zone is the first step in learning how to live like a kid again. Really, you know, just step outside, step outside, of, go outside. or just step outside of your, of your comfort zone of what you're used to and be nervous, you know, be afraid of what's coming because you have no clue what's next because you're doing something completely different from what you did last week. And, if we could all live that way, I think it'd be a pretty interesting place. Maybe a little hectic and crazy at the onset. I a lot don't know. funner. A lot more fun. <laughs> um, probably shit would stop getting done, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, fuck it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being unrealistic with my no, expectations. I think, no, I think it's totally, I mean, there's like you said, there's a balance to everything. Including balance. Sh- and shit's out of whack right now, dude. And And kids, we need more of that. We need more... I think we need to touch into our like inner kid more. I, and it's there, dude. Like yeah. my buddy, Robert, who I uh, helped me out so much when, when I was going through some really tough times and he was like, uh, yogi dude and like breathing and just meditation. Just like a curandero, like healer type of, dude. he's just an amazing person. Uh, if you're listening to this man, I love you and all the best. And uh, anyway, like the, some of the best advice was like, dude, just just breathe. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't just shut up and just breathe. He didn't yeah. tell me shut up, but you're just like, dude. And I, we just sat there and just breathe. Just existed. Yeah. For like, I don't even know, like five minutes. It felt like an eternity. Yeah. And I realized like. Well, when you slow your mind down. When it's used to going so fast and you slow it down to yeah. not thinking about anything, then it will make that moment sound or feel better or longer at the very least. It I felt guess. really weird to not, like, to just literally drop everything, sit down and just sit still and just breathe. Mm-hmm. And how often, I mean, think about it. I, I know I need it all the time. You need that person in your life, that friend or that therapist or whoever it is that you're, that's giving you your help. To just sit you down and say, like, shut the fuck up, breathe a little. You're not dead yet. You have everything that you need to do to get past this point in your, what you think is blocking you from moving ahead. And it really isn't. You look back at it, you look back at seven or eight years of, you know, back and you look at problems that maybe plagued you along the way and you're, like, man, I thought my world was done at that point, you know, like, oh shit, my life was over, you know, and then you think you're never going to get past that moment and then fast forward to the next problem that takes your mind off that previous problem because they're going to keep coming at you. Life is not short of any problems or obstacles. There's no shortage of that. 
and they're going to keep coming at you and they're going to keep getting worse or more difficult to handle, but you're going to get better at it. You're going to get better at taking on everything. You're going to learn how to breathe through those situations. You're going to get stronger. You know, it's just like, I don't know who said it, whether it was Greg LeMond or, or uh, Eddie Merckx, but you don't get faster. You just get stronger. It doesn't hurt less. You just get stronger on those climbs. You know, it's funny how everything goes back to bikes with us, but yeah, there's so much truth in, in that activity that can transcend to every other aspect of our life. But, you know, you're climbing up a hill and you're in a race and you're looking back behind over your shoulder and you see that guy or girl coming up on you ready to chase you down and you're hurting and you're cramping or you're out of breath and you're just ready to keel over and die and you're like, you just got to tell yourself that person behind you or that person in front of you that you're trying to catch, they're hurting too. They're just going to keep going. So why are you going to stop? Just keep going. Keep pedaling. Keep on pedaling. Keep on swimming. (laughs) 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 And then eventually you find Nemo and and the end of the movie and they got three more (laughs) in the works. And then I cry like a baby. Because, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Bike analogies for life. Forever. There's no shortage of them. And they're all so true. Yeah. Bikes are the shit. They are the shit. And it's also what we understand the most, I think. Yeah. So uh, I was listening to this podcast, uh, been uh, bikes or death mm-hmm. uh, podcast, and um, it's, uh, uh, Pepper Cook was the was the guest okay. on this one. It's a really good one. I, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, she's rad. She's so honest, and. Uh, she she was open about like dealing with all these things, you know, that we're talking about, like anxiety or fear, or like just shooting just life shit, right? And um, which everyone deals with some something, and and how like, and she's doing this these epic trips, dude. Like one of them, I guess she went to like one of the first ones. She went to Iceland. She was talking mm-hmm. about um, spoiler alert, I guess, but uh, she talks about a lot. It's not a huge spoiler, but like. Um, the the interviewer podcaster she was like, yeah, talk about Iceland. She's like, actually, that trip fucking sucked. <laughs> she's like, it was beautiful in the photos and all this stuff. Uh-huh. But she was like, she was like, that was horrible. Like it, yeah, all this crazy, like crazy stuff happened, and like, and but but she made it through the end, you know. And yeah. and the short version is like, you you just kind of keep pushing through and putting yourself in those like bike packing situations or like these adventure you know when you or any situation where you where you purposely put yourself in a situation where you're like okay i'm out here yeah. you know and it's you know, a lot of times something that you prep for you know uh, a camping trip or backpacking trip or something something crazy um or something outside of your comfort zone right yeah and she talks about how like that's necessary at least for her to maintain like a balance in her everyday life like she'll she works like crazy job and um and but she she like has her eyes on the target like she'll do these amazing adventures and stuff and and they're not it's not like oh now it's a vacation like it she she was really open about like the really hard shit mm-hmm. which i appreciate it because it goes back to like the instagram stuff they were talking about like yeah. everyone likes to post like, oh, like pretty pictures and this and that right. and talk about the cool stuff but then like what about yeah what about all this stuff like uh, she all didn't say bullshit. this, but like, yeah, all the bullshit. Like, we want to shit your pants or this, or like, you know, you come across a drug cartel or whatever, which she did, by the way. In was, Iceland? 
No, no, no. This was another trip in like oh. Mexico or some shootout. Listen to Iceland this. has drug cartels. No. <laughs> yeah, right. That was weird. But it was dope, dude. Listening to her, like talk about all this stuff. It was a good one. She's a trip. And yeah, man, this bikepacking stuff. Listening to like Matt Mason uh, out in Las Cruces, who was uh, one of the the creators of the um, Monumental Loop. The, the Monumental Loop. Um, I never met Matt. Shout out to Matt though, because we, we, uh, anyway, he, I really enjoyed that podcast that he did. I put in the, in the Instagram stories and, yeah, and he responded to it and it was cool, man. Like I appreciated him talk like some things that he talked about for sure, but like some personal, like family trips and stuff. Uh, give it a listen. It was really good. Um, but the, the all these bike packing, like adventure stuff keeps like it, it I feel this push towards it. Yeah. Just like more adventure being outside, like stuff like like 2008, like we were talking right. about, where we were just like out there, dude. Being outside doing whatever it is we were yeah. doing. Yeah. So, like we got off track or something in life. And then it's like, I feel like now it's like, oh yeah, the bike. And, and it's not like outside. we got off. I wouldn't say we got off track. I think just life comes at you so quickly. And then all of a sudden, you know, people come into your life that impact the decisions you make and then you grow as a person from those interactions. And then like in your case, you're with, you know, you're married and you have a couple of kids and that adventure continues. It's just a different adventure, you know? So now you got these struggles of being a dad, of being a husband and of still being you for you and having to jumble all of that. I mean, it's difficult, but you learn, you learn how to do it. And and you look back at those tough times. Like I'm sure you look back at, you know, the times you had a crying infant keeping you up all night. Man, those moments were probably super hard and difficult to get through. And you're exhausted. You're like, how the hell am I going to make it through this and go to work the next day? And now here you are, years later, looking back at those moments, like, oh, I remember when she used to cry like that. And like, you look at those those challenges now fondly. Because you overcame them and you learned about yourself and who you are and what you're capable of. And I think a life full of challenges that you overcome is a life that's fulfilled. I mean, it's better than having everything easy and given to you. If you had an easy pill, you know, that you can take and everything easy afterward. I mean, what's the point of that? Because you didn't really have to fight for anything. So it doesn't test who you are. Doesn't show you what you're made of. Yeah, like uh, life before everything was spoon fed to us, like with you know technology, was was like you had to memorize phone numbers and like, yeah. go knock on someone's door. Plan. Or, like, yeah, you had to plan and and had to. I'll look. meet you here. You had to go find music. You had to go like. Go look for your friends. You had to put in effort. You had to work. And I don't want to sound like this old, like, back in my day. Yeah, Uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> yeah, ass butt naked. I mean, it's not like that. I mean, that up easier. was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's actually funny because it's you. <laughs> Leave your comments below. (laughs) Please don't. I will not read them. Include links. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah, dude. It's now you gotta now you gotta find it. Now you gotta force yourself and find the work more. Like you know, like what Pepper was saying in this thing where you should you know, you go out there and do it. I mean, yeah, it's fun though too, because you know riding bikes is fun. Mm-hmm. Being outside it's awesome and and this, but like there's benefit to a necessity. I would say to getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Get out of the fucking rat race, even for a little while. Go right. do this alley cat race. Go, go join Critical Mass. Get a bike. You don't have a bike. Go to the go hike. Wake up early. See mm-hmm. a sunrise. Take a walk. Do something different. Yeah, you you know you have a usual walk. You do. You make a left here. Make a right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Switch it up. Stop waiting for that that elusive one day. Yeah. I will go on this. Fucking one day I'll do that. No, fuck that. How about day one? No, today. Yeah. Brush your teeth with your left hand tonight. I dare you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's hard to look. No, but anything, like just <laughs> any, we got to switch it up, dude. And I'm stoked, man. Uh, I'm just pumped. Me too, man. I'm looking forward to everything else that's next. Dude, thanks for spending your birthday with uh, with me and oh, with everyone who's me. listening. Best birthday ever. So fun. I can't wait to shred. I can't wait either. Tomorrow. Let's get back to it. Everyone out there, I hope you enjoy Whatever yeah. it is you're doing, go outside, have some fun, change yeah. it up. Change it up. Believe in yourself. Fuck yeah. Because nobody else is going to believe in you until you believe in you. And that's the end of my TED Talk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks, buddy. Love you, dude. I love you too. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yes. Uh, until next time. Hope you enjoyed it. Impromptu episode. Happy birthday episode. Yeah. It's Chris. Love y'all. At Wizards. At Wizards on Instagram. Go buy his shit. It's awesome. Love y'all.